Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. For the Lord our God is coming to us. Tell the poor, gather the lowly, for the Lord our God is coming to us. The trees of the fields and all nature are awaiting eagerly the redemption of the earth. For the Lord our God is coming to us. Let us praise the God of our salvation. Let us hail God's anointed one with shouts of joy. For this is the first Sunday in the marvelous season of Advent. And the Lord our God is coming to us. Let us worship God by standing to sing together with joy. Well, a very good morning to you as we worship together on this marvelous first Sunday in Advent. It's such a joy for me and for all of us participating up front to look out and to see your smiling faces. And we're equally delighted to welcome so many of you who are joining us this morning via our live stream broadcast. We want to welcome all of you as well. This morning's worship experience is somewhat different than what you would normally expect to find on a typical Sunday morning here at Christ Church. If you are not familiar with the service of lessons and carols, and even if you've experienced it many, many times before, you are going to quickly realize that this is not only unique service and a time of worship, but a time that we pray together that you will be blessed as you travel the road of these weeks in remaining in the season of Advent. The tradition that we will observe today is one that dates back to the year 1880. For those of you who are history buffs, you will realize that at that time, Britain's Prince of Wales and the Duke of Cornwall broke ground on the construction of a great magnificent cathedral in the city of Truro, England. To make way for this magnificent new structure, 
all but one aisle, the very furthest, the east aisle of the 16th century parish church had to be demolished. And a large wooden structure, it was actually a shed, was erected nearby as a temporary home for the public worship of that congregation and the townspeople. From 1880 to 1887, this temporary wooden structure served as the cathedral for that town. Now, we can only imagine how the congregation must have felt in the midst of all the chaos that was created by the tearing down of the old and the building up in the new, but it's likely that they were not too happy about the arrangement, particularly the part about the shed that was used for worship for seven long years. At the time, the local bishop was a man by the name of Edward White Benson. Eventually, he became the Archbishop of Canterbury, which is the Anglican version of the Pope. But before he did, this gifted preacher and leader came up with a plan to help his congregation through the pain and the discouragement that they felt of losing their historic church building and moving into not much more than a large barn. Benson decided to organize for Advent that year a special kind of service that would raise everybody's vision higher than anyone thought possible. Benson selected nine passages of Scripture from the Old and the New Testament, and he interspersed them with carols and hymns and three anthems from George Frederick Handel's masterpiece, The Messiah. The formula turned out to be a hit. And it was eventually replicated in churches all over Europe and beyond. But it was the renowned King's College Chapel in Cambridge with its celebrated choir that really put Benson's liturgy on the map. Since the service debuted there on Christmas Eve 1918, it has been repeated virtually unchanged over 100 years, which speaks to the transcendent beauty and the power of this service. This is a simple service that utilizes an economy of words, which may be a relief to some of you. And for others, it could be rather strange to have so few interpretations of what is being read and even sung. The simplicity is by design, and we trust God to simply apply and supply what we each need from His Word. The sermon is the eight spoken lessons followed by music and song that expands upon the message of the text or otherwise brings focused light to their meaning. The Scripture lessons we will hear tell a story as ancient as the human race itself. These biblical passages begin by speaking of humanity's original fall from grace a break in the relationship between God and human beings that has rippled out and wrought the heartache we see reflected in our own lives and the daily news and the calamities that affect our world to this day. The text we'll read and the songs we'll sing, however, do not focus on chaos, but rather on hope, and that's a very important piece of what's about to happen. Focused on hope, they speak of God's redemption for humanity from the fall through the coming of an amazing child whose life, death, and resurrection will unleash a power that will one day make all things new. When you take the time to think about it, so much in our personal lives or that of our nation and our globe needs to be renewed, don't you think? I think for many of us, knowing our need for renewal can be a recurring theme in our lives. As many of you know, I serve as the mission pastor here at the church, and through your generous giving, I have the privilege of seeing up close how your generosity impacts and renews lives around the world and across the street. One such impacted life is Mirella from the Deborah House in Romania. 
Mirella, like all the girls who come to live at the Deborah house, has been severely abused early in her life. Before being rescued, her childhood was marked by violence and addictive behavior by almost all the adults in her life. For many of her formative years, she had no hope whatsoever. But shortly after arriving at Deborah House, she gave her life to Christ, and she began to be renewed. We were just given the news that after 10 years of our financial investment in Deborah House, together with many other churches and so many individuals, some of whom came from Christ Church, who poured themselves into this young woman's life over a long period of time, Mirella has just become a medical doctor. Sometimes we look at the way things are and we become terribly discouraged. A lot of us live with a fairly firm sense of the impossible. Maybe we think this world can't be fixed. Perhaps we are beyond living with a greater sense of hope for our own lives and those we love. Think about it. What are the changes that you'd like to see but seriously doubt could ever happen? This is why we need Christmas. Christmas calls into question many of our defeating attitudes and certainties It tells us that nothing is impossible with God. We need to be reminded that there is a grace at work in the world that is much stronger than sin, much stronger than strife, and much stronger than the sickness that we face. Jesus is that good news. Come in the flesh. He is the one who makes all things new. He is the one who has the power to change this world so the impossible becomes possible once more. In the weeks ahead, we're going to learn what the prophets of the Old Testament said that Jesus could do. We're going to see that with God, nothing is impossible. In your life, my life, and that of our world, God is able to do abundantly more than we ask or imagine. This morning, we're going to begin by recovering then a sense of the grand sweep of our salvation story revealed in his word. So let's soak up the readings and marvel in the beauty of the music as we experience the story of God himself coming down from heaven into our brokenness, our fear, our disappointment, and our loss to offer us the gift of himself. Let us once again give thanks to God for the gift of his Son. May this gift of grace transform discouragement into hope. And let us join that great crowd and chorus of witnesses who know beyond a shadow of a doubt that nothing, absolutely nothing, in my life, in your life, in all the world, is impossible with God. Beloved in Christ, on this first Sunday of Advent, let us delight to hear again the message of the angels In heart and mind, let us journey to Bethlehem to see the babe lying in a manger. Let us read in Holy Scripture the tale of the loving purposes of God from the first days of our disobedience unto the glorious redemption brought to us by this holy child. Please pray with me. Let us pray for the needs of the whole world, for peace on earth and goodwill among all people, for unity within the church he came to build. And because this would rejoice his heart, let us remember in his name the poor and the helpless, the cold and the hungry, the oppressed and the lonely, the sick and those that mourn, the aged and the little children, 
all those who do not yet know the Lord Jesus, and all of us by who by sin have grieved his heart of love. Lastly, let us remember before God all those who rejoice with us, but upon another shore and in a greater light, that multitude whose hope was in the word made flesh, and with whom in the Lord Jesus we are one forevermore. Let us humbly lift these prayers and praises to the throne of heaven in the words which Jesus Christ taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, Cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. And he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his peace and government, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is the word of the Lord.
A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of might. The spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together. And a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together. And the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hand in the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy. On all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. This is the word of the Lord.
In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, to the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on peace to those whom, whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Bring your light to a world in 
the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we are gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and comfort and joy. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. 
When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time that the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of the Lord.
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to all the world was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not recognize him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among all of us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This, this is, is the, the Word of the Lord. Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. As we prepare our hearts now to give our morning tithes and offerings, let's remember the words of Jesus himself when he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. 
freely you have received, freely give, are the words from St. Matthew, the 10th chapter. And then how does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or a sister in need and yet refuses to help? Dear children, let us love not in word or speech, but also in truth and action. Let us not grow weary in our giving. We are recipients of the abundant life in Christ. Therefore, we offer our gifts to God as we receive his tithe and our offerings. As we prepare then to go out into the world in faith and joy, I think it would be very appropriate for us to express our appreciation to our ensembles and musicians for sharing with us so graciously the ways God has gifted them this morning.
On your way out this morning, there will be a group of prayer ministers in the back of the sanctuary. If you or someone you know are in need of prayer, we would be delighted to meet you there and to pray with you this morning. We also want to alert you to the fact that next week is Spirit Village on Saturday, and we still need some volunteer help. So if you are at all interested in learning what that volunteer help is, you won't have to lift more than 100 pounds. You can go to the Commons this morning and get that information, and we'd love to see you next week. As you can see from our Pathways Bulletin, which you can receive on the way out, and our worship folder, there are many things coming up in the next few weeks. This is an excellent time to invite friends, family, neighbors to come and enjoy and partake in all the wonderful musicals and worship services that we have here at Christ Church, and we hope that you will do that in these coming weeks. And as we go forth in the world today, let us go as people of hope. Let hope live in our hearts as we share the hope of Christ with all those upon whom we meet. Share the hope of Christ by noticing the people around you. Share the hope of Christ by listening carefully to someone else's story. Share the hope of Christ for praying regularly for this church, for our community, and for the world. In this Advent season, as we go into the wonder of God's creation, may the Holy Spirit keep us alert and prepared for the coming day of the Lord. And the, may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest now and abide with each of you this day and forevermore. Amen.